Welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Hey, uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. We're glad you guys are here with us today. My name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vine, and, and I get the opportunity to talk with you guys today. Um, but as I get into this, I want to start with something really important that we want to do together as a church family. And we want to take some time and celebrate um, our, our seniors who are graduating and, and moving on into college, into their next phase of life. So one of the opportunities that we have um, as a church family, one of the, the most important things a church body can do is to help nurture spiritual growth and also bless and propel uh, people on their spiritual journey that God has, has placed them on. And so that's what we want to do today. We want today to be a rally point, and we want to just pray over seniors. So if you are graduating right now, like if this is your graduation season, would you raise your hand if you're a senior graduating? Okay, here's what I'm going to ask. There might be only a couple. There's a few. we got one in the back over there. So church family, keep your hands up if you would, guys. Here's what we're going to do. Um, if you're around them, would you just kind of turn towards them? And we're going to take a moment as a church, and we are going to pray over them. Um, and we want to take some time and just pray that, the God, that God would bless them in this next phase of life. And um, so, yeah, would you bow your heads with me, and let's let's take some time and, and, and pray. Lord, we invite you here right now, and we thank you for... Um, it, your plans for us, that you you have a very intentional thought process in mind for each and every person in here. And God, for those graduating this year, you know, leaving this phase of life in high school, leaving this phase of of schooling and maybe going into another phase of schooling or or into the, the, the career world or whatever's next, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that your hand would be upon them. I pray that you would give and continue to um Give a hunger for the things of you, for your word, for your truth. As they move on to this next phase of life, I pray that you would be their foundation. And I pray that you would give them ears to hear your voice talking to them daily and bringing them, just, just being their guide and their companion, Lord. Um, as they shift and there's a shifting in their in their life, the way it looks, their, their, their thought processes, I pray in Jesus' name, God, you just surround them. I pray for our church community that as they're here and a part of our family here, that there would be a, a, a support system that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit to speak words of encouragement, to, to speak truth, to, to just surround them in this next phase of life that they're going into. Thank you for all the things that you have in store that they don't even know about yet. There's good things to come in this next season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just wanted to bless you guys today. So um, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to actually continue a series we started last week titled, You Can't Skip Jesus. You Can't Skip Jesus. In, in the Bible, in, in the book of John, chapter 17, 3, Jesus is praying over his disciples. And a really cool thing about this passage is he's not just praying over his disciples, um, he's praying over you and me. So think about this for a minute. The God that we pray to so often or try to pray to and look to for, for everything, he prayed for you. 
And so this is what Jesus' prayer, this is part of Jesus' prayer for you and me, was this. John 17, 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So when Jesus bows his prayer head and, and prays for you, his desire for you is that you have eternal life. Meaning his desire for you is that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. This is so important, and I want to talk about this for a second. There's this concept um, that, that we, we, we all subscribe to within the faith. And, and I want to talk, we're going to talk outside of, of Christian faith here in a minute too. But I would say we'd all raise our hands and say, Jesus is the guy. But it's so easy for us sometimes to skip Jesus even within the Christian world. I want to talk about what that looks like a little bit. When I came to faith, one of the things that was really, really important to me, and it was one of the defining factors in me coming to Jesus and really finding my place in him, was I started to see the Bible differently, and I, I got a real passion for Scripture, huge passion for Scripture. I wanted to know everything I could possibly know about the Bible. That is a good thing. The Holy Spirit leads us into, into that. But what quickly happened was, is what became a me pursuing Jesus thing very quickly became a me pursuing knowledge thing. And I skipped Jesus very quickly in my faith, and I became a very heady theological thinker that could walk into a room and could say, well, actually, if you know the historical context <laughs> behind what Jesus was saying when he said that, or did you know actually in that time, wait, you, you may be misreading that, because in that time, this is how they thought. And I could do that. I could do that. But I don't know that I had that. I don't know that I had eternal life. I was skipping Jesus. And then there's been other times in my life, and, and I've, I've seen this in people as well outside of myself, where we've skipped Jesus in the other direction, and we become ultra fixated on gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit, which is important, which is good. And we become enthralled with spiritual experiences, uh, with the gifts of healing, with the gifts of prophecy. But we forget that those gifts are not Jesus. Those gifts are not your purpose. This is your purpose, that you know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Those gifts are meant to glorify him. And they point back to Jesus. So Jesus around a table with his disciples, and where we're going to kind of base our conversation today, he's sitting with his disciples, and he's getting ready to talk to them about this shift in how we engage with God. And as we talk about this today, here's, here's the question I want to be resonating in our mind as, as we're talking. I, I have seen, I think, I think one of the reasons that within the church body that we have worried, anxious, and sin-enslaved Christians is because we skip Jesus. 
we skip over where the power of our faith is. Second uh, Timothy three says this. It says he's talking about a group of people who are believers. It says they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. That's not what we want. We don't want to have a form of godliness. We don't want to be incredibly knowledgeable theologically and know what the Bible said and when it said it and why the, who the original audience and who the author was. I would rather not know that and have eternal life. We don't want a form of godliness, but not have the power that comes through faith in Jesus. Because that's where freedom is. That's where redemption's found. That's where we bear fruit for the kingdom of God is in the power in the name of Jesus. This is eternal life that you know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. I don't want to be a Christian that is very knowledgeable and a very spiritual person who, who may have spiritual experiences but skip Jesus. Because those things are good things, and those things are from Jesus, but they are not God himself. That is Jesus, the power of Jesus working through us to glorify Jesus. Not to glorify us, not to give us purpose. It is to be used to glorify God. Jesus said this around the table. He said, you will do greater things than me so that the Father will be glorified. This is the purpose. We can't skip Jesus. We can't skip Jesus as our way to God. And we can't skip Jesus as the reason behind everything we do as his body. The question I want us to be thinking of today is, do, do I know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent? Because we can, we can know a lot about the Bible. Um, in, in the Bible, we read it in the Bible, of people having spiritual experiences who were not believers. Spiritual experience doesn't mean you know Jesus. Biblical knowledge doesn't mean you know Jesus. The question is, do have we come to a faith in Christ, Jesus? Do we know the one true God? We can't skip him. So today, here's what we're going to talk about. This is in a, a very, very important important topic. And so I want to be ultra practical with this because sometimes we can talk about important topics from 30,000 feet and we all leave like, I don't know what to do with that. I agree, but I don't know what to do. Where do I go from here? I don't want that today. So we want to get very practical and I want to talk about how do you live life in Christ? And so another part of Jesus's prayer is he says, he says, I want them to be in me like I'm in you. Like I want to, I want to be in relationship with them. And so we've got to walk out life in Christ. And so I want to talk about how do we, how do we walk in relationship with Jesus? How do we know Jesus? Because if we know Jesus, we know the one true God. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to take a minute. I'm going to pray. And then uh, we're going to get into some just practical ways that we walk with God, that we walk with Jesus and, and live a life that isn't just a religious life or a spiritual life, but is a Jesus-centered, Christ-centered, Christ-empowered life. Let's pray. Lord, you're good. You're holy. This is all about you, Lord. So I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us today, help me today as we communicate. 
um, to just speak your word, speak your intentions. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Amen. I've heard this multiple, multiple times, so I'm gonna kind of turn a corner here and talk about a question that I've had myself, a tension I've felt myself, a question I've heard from tons of people throughout the years is, is this question here. It's, it's Jordan. I want to be in relationship with God. I want it more than anything, but there's a wall. I feel like there's a wall. And that term, for some reason, that term has come up over and over again. I don't know if you've ever asked that question or thought that, but like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I want relationship with God. Like, I want this. I want eternal life. I want to be in walking relationship with God. But I feel like there's a wall between me and God. And I'm doing everything I know how to do. But there's a wall. And I've gotten that so many times. I've been in that place so many times where that's my prayer. Like, God, what's the wall? What's going on? And, and to, to talk about this, I, I want to go back to a, a uh, simpler time in my life when I was in eighth grade. When I was in eighth grade, my parents uh, shifted. Uh, it, it, we moved to Oklahoma and I entered a new school. And I was homeschooled up until eighth grade. So I was homeschooled up until eighth grade. And then I went to an actual school with other human beings in it. And as you can probably assume, there was some adjustment uh, that had to be made. I, I, I wasn't used to this. One of the things I wasn't used to was being around girls, other than my mom. <laughs> the other thing I was used to was being around pretty girls that I thought were cute. I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to deal with these emotions, with this, this like, what in the world is this? Like, this is a whole new world. I felt like Ariel singing in the Disney movie, you know? Um, a whole new world. You know, like, anyways, that was stupid. But I remember walking in to eighth grade and experiencing this for the first time, not just the girls, but people, you know, and there was a girl that was in one of my classes that I thought was cute. This was a new thing for Jordan. I was like, whoa, she's really cute. Well, about six months later, something happened that I consider like a rite of passage for anyone, uh, you know, in, in the public school or private school system or whatever, that you have to go through and you could be on either side of it. It doesn't have to go well, but this is a rite of passage is the I like like you conversation. Okay, so about six months into my eighth grade year, something happened to me that I had never had happen before, and I wasn't exactly sure what to do about it. I was walking down the hall, and I don't know if it still works this way. I'm assuming it does. Uh, when a girl in eighth grade wants to tell a guy that she likes him, there's a specific way that it goes down in junior high, Okay. This is how it worked for me. Tell me if I'm wrong. Let me know. I was walking down the hallway, minding my own business. About 40 yards ahead was a cluster of eighth grade girls, about seven or eight of them. There were seven in the circle. There was one in the center. The ones in the circle were giggling and laughing. 
And I couldn't make out exactly what they were saying, but it was making the girl in the center really embarrassed. And her face was super red. And her eyes were like this. She wasn't giggling and laughing. She was like, (sighs) as I got closer, I began to hear whispers that, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then I heard her saying, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And as I got closer, the don't do it got louder. And the we're going to do it got louder. And then finally, something happened. As I approached the 15-yard mark, three of the girls broke away. Four remained around the other. Now, here's there's a strategy in this. Three came to me. The four remained because they had to hold the other girl back. So... They held her back, and now she is in full, like, trying to, you know, break away mode, yelling, don't do it, don't do it. There's three very determined eighth-grade girls rushing towards me, and as I get close enough, they stand in front of me. I had nowhere to turn. I was blocked in. And they said, Jordan, she likes you. And then everything erupted in screaming. The girl with the red face, no, no. And and then the girls in front of me were screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ran away. And eighth grade Jordan, with my emo tight pants and long hair, stood there wondering what to do with that information. What in the world do I do with this information? Now, they didn't know. I, I thought that girl was cute, too. I, it was a good thing. This was good news to me. I was shocked. I was confused, but this was good news to me. Now, you might be thinking, Jordan's going to turn a corner here, and he's going to say, and it just turns out that girl's name was Cheyenne. And we've been married for going on nine years. We have two beautiful kids. That's not the story. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Nothing. Nothing happened. I don't even know that I talked with that girl ever again. Here's why. She wanted to be in a relationship with me. I wanted to be in a relationship with her. There was a wall. Here was the wall. The wall was not, she didn't want me, and I didn't want her. The wall was, as an eighth grade boy, I had no idea how to interact with a woman. Other than my mom, you know? (laughs) It's a little different. So... I, had, I didn't know how to interact with her. I didn't know how to approach a girl. I didn't know how to talk to a girl. I didn't really even know how to look at a girl. I, I was confused about the whole situation. My only experience so far had been hanging out with my other eighth grade guy friends. And our normal content for conversation was like farts, video games, <laughs> video game jokes about farts or fart jokes about video games. And I... I think video games again. So that's what I had. That was in my toolbox for conversation. And they're expecting me to give me this news. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to turn a corner. And now I'm like awesome with the ladies. You know, that's not going to happen. But here's the thing. And then this is the point I want to get us to. We never move forward in a relationship at all. And it wasn't, the wall was not. She didn't want me and I didn't want to be in relationship with her. The wall was, I didn't know how to interact with her. I didn't know how to walk in a relationship with a girl. I had no idea. And so 
One of the things I want to encourage you with before we talk about the how, I want to give you a truth that is bigger than my opinion, that is bigger than just a church thing that we hear. It is in the Bible, and, and, and as Christians, we subscribe to and we believe that this is not just a book, but this is God's word to us and for us, and there's some things in here that have big implications on us. Here's the news. If you are in your walk with God feeling like there's a wall, the wall is not that he does not want you. That will never be the case. It'll never be the case. Jesus says this. He's praying for you. He, this is an eternal, this is an everlasting prayer. He's praying this uh, to God and he's praying for his disciples. And then later on in the prayer, he says, and not just for these men, my disciples, but for everyone who they will tell, for everyone who's going to come into the faith through the gospel. So that's me and that's you. He prays that we would have, can we put John 17, three up again? This is what he prays, that we would have eternal life because we know the one true God. He wants to know us. And Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Jesus prayed that for you. Jesus likes you. He does. You don't have to ask that question. You don't have to run around wondering, what does he like me today? In eighth grade, that girl ended up stopped liking me in like two weeks, I think, because I was weird. Um, you know, God's not like that. He's not going to all of a sudden change his mind and, oh, they're weirding me out now, so I'm going to shift my like to somebody else. He likes you. He loves you. He sent Jesus to tell you that he likes you and that he loves you, and he wants to be in relationship with you. So as we move forward, let's erase that question out of our mind because we have it in writing. We have it a promise from him. He wants you. What do we do about it? And that's, that's normally the issue. I, I don't think the issue or the wall is God doesn't want us. And most likely in our case, it's not that we don't want God. The wall most likely is, is we just don't, we have no idea how to interact with God. Most times the issue is, is that we just don't know how to walk in relationship with God. So we're going to talk today about how do we how do we do that? Jesus gives us some insight in this conversation around the table with his disciples, and I'm going to read a bit of it here in a minute. Jesus is getting ready to die on the cross, and then he's gonna he's gonna raise again. He's gonna ascend to heaven, and he's gonna bring his people into a new era of relationship with God. Up until this time. The disciples, these men that had even walked with Jesus, they, they had operated with God indirectly. So the, the Jewish people, God's people, there was always a proxy of some sort. There was a priest or a prophet or there was the, there was a temple and the sacrifice, but there was never this like one-on-one -on -one communion with God for everybody. And so they didn't understand how to like, what, what is that? And so Jesus is now going to talk about this new way of walking with God, this, this new way of being in deep, intimate relationship with God. But like us, the disciples are kind of in that boat of, I don't know how to interact with God. What do you mean by this? So Jesus is going to explain it. And so it says this in Matthew 14, uh, one through, let me see here. We're going to go one through nine. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. I want to stop right here. The first thing that Jesus explains in this new way is he's saying, we're going to shift some things. And when we shift some things, I'm going to bring you into my place before God. So where I am before God, in him, in the Father, one-on-one, praying directly to him, talking directly to him, looked at as a child and as his son, I'm going to bring you into this place. It's going to be personal. It's not going to be indirect anymore. You're going to be in the Father like I am. Okay, so let's keep going. Then it says this, and you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, how, how, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And so what Jesus is saying is you're going to have a personal relationship with God. And here's how you do this. Through me. Through me. Through believing in me through walking in relationship with me. He says a couple things. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's three facets to what Jesus says. There's the way. There's the way he lived. There's his commands. The way that he says life should be lived. There's the truth. There's the truth of the gospel. There's there's that he is the way to God. And out of that, there's eternal life that comes through Christ. And so Jesus basically says, You're going to interact differently with God. It's going to be personal, and it's through me. So how do we do this? Let's let's shift. Let's talk about how to do this. In eighth grade, I wasn't exactly sure how to talk to a lady, okay? Um, Luckily, by, you know, 18, 19, I had that figured out a little better. Uh, Not great, but I I had uh, worked out some of the kinks in the system, and I met my wife, Cheyenne, when I was 20, I think. When I was 20. And I remember my first date with Cheyenne. When me and Cheyenne started an actual relationship, unlike the drive-by eighth grade thing that happened, you know, um, this was a real deal thing. We interacted with each other. We went out on a date. And like the hero that I am, I messaged her on Facebook and said, would you like to go get coffee with me? Um, so brave, so brave. But anyways, I, I, I messaged her. She typed back yes, and we went to coffee. We went to coffee. I want to show you something. This is, I'm pretty impressed with myself. We went to coffee at Starbucks on Caldwell and Dimery, on the corner of Caldwell and Dimery. We sat in the corner seat. When you walk in, you look to the left, there's this little corner seat. And she had one of the pink dragon fruit teas. And I was a green tea man at that point, I think. So I, I had that. And we sat there and we talked. And that was our first date. A couple things happened in this interaction that helped us push our relationship forward and move it down the road. The first thing that happened is I had to listen to Cheyenne. I had to listen. Uh, if you're going to walk in relationship with somebody, um, I, I'm sure most husbands in the room will tell you right now, listening is a big deal. Um, listening is important. 
And I had to listen to Shy. And so I, I sat down at the table with her and she was across from me and I just asked her questions. And as I asked her questions, she talked. And she told me about her family. She told me about her friends. She told me about some of the things that um, had been hard for her over the years. She told me things she cared about, things that brought her joy, things that broke her heart, things that I, I began to learn about Cheyenne. And I listened. And that's the first thing we got to do. I want to I take us to, let's see here, we're going to go. To Matthew uh, 14, 15 here, it says this, how do we, how do we listen to God? That's what, that's a question we want to, we want to talk about here. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father, I'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. This is in uh, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Yet in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to be physically somewhere else, but you'll still have me. You'll still be in relationship with me. You'll, you'll be with me. Um, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Um, and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, says not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and we'll make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. A lot of information there. Here's what I want to draw our attention to. Jesus says, he who has my commands. If you love me, you will have my command and keep my command. Later on, it said that the person who, who hears my or has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. How do we listen to Jesus? His commands. Where do we find Jesus's commands? We find it in the words that he said, the words that he spoke. We look to the Bible. We look to scripture. And, and here's the thing. It's so important for us to understand that Jesus's words in the Bible, the things that he said in scripture, that's part of that three-part th three thing he said earlier. I am the way. That's part of his way. When you look at Jesus, how he lived, his commandments, the things he taught, he's literally telling us, this is what brings me joy. This is what breaks my heart. This is what I am in alignment with. This is what I am not in alignment with. And Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll take a listen to the things that I've said. And we find those in reading passages where Jesus is talking. We read the gospels. It's important for us to read the New Testament where his teachings are broken down and, and taught in a more detailed way. It's important for us to spend time, namely in the New Testament of scripture, to really, really dig into what did Jesus say? Because if we love him, if I love Cheyenne, I'm going to actually listen to the words she's saying and try to figure out, okay, what do I need to do in response to this? That's how we listen to Jesus. That's how we listen to him. So I want to encourage you with something. When it comes to reading the Bible, as believers, 
we first and foremost shouldn't pursue the Bible as a form to, or as a way to know something. The Bible is not a book. There's a lot of stuff to know in it. That's not why we go to the scriptures. Because it, it, it's, it's supposed to point to Jesus, right? We don't go to the Bible just to feel something or to have an aha moment today. We don't go to the Bible to post something. You know, I'm not, I, I don't do this. When I'm sitting at the breakfast table with my wife, I don't, you know, take a picture of my cup of coffee with Shai's face in the background and say, spending my time with Shai today as a way of promoting me or, or pushing my, my agenda. That's not relationship. I'm using her as a prop for my Instagram. That's not why we go to the Bible. We don't go to the Bible to post something catchy, to challenge other people. We go to the Bible to engage in relationship with Jesus. So when I read scripture, I need to check myself. When I'm at the table with him and in a conversation with him, why am I doing it? Because this message, I'm just telling you, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag early. This is going to sound like a read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow message. Okay? You, you could walk away from this saying, oh, wow, I went to church and Jordan said to read your Bible. And he said to pray. Whoa, that's, there's nothing, you know, too nuanced about this. It's not what we do. Jesus wants relationship, which means it's why we do it. It's what our heart intention is when we go to him. So if you want to walk with Jesus, if you want to start to tear down that wall you feel, you need to, you need to be in the Bible, but not because that's what Christians do. We need to be in the Bible because we want to hear his voice. We want to hear him for us, not as something to teach or not as something to post, not as something to know, not as something to impress somebody else with what we know. We need to just go to it and say, what are you saying to me? Second thing that we need to do is we need to listen or we need to talk. So first thing is we listen, we go to the word. Second thing we do is we talk. When I was sitting across the table with Cheyenne, I had to say something back. <laughs> kind of creepy if I didn't. Uh, just, no, you just keep going. Just keep going. Just, yeah. All right. Well, it's been nice. I'll see you later. You know, I got it. It's a two-way street here. God wants relationship with us. So, how do we reciprocate? He's, he's going to talk to us. How do we talk to him? And this is through prayer. And I told you, it's going to, I'm not breaking any norms here. I mean, we're going to talk about prayer for a second. We, we need to be praying as Christians. And this sounds so cliche, but we'd be surprised at how often it actually happens. So let me ask you the question, are you talking to God? Because sometimes we feel like a wall and it's like, I don't know that I have, you know, I, I've, I've asked this question before. Are you, are you in the Bible and praying? Well, yeah, I have, but I'm just so busy lately. I've been so busy. And then the problem with that is, is I, I look at my relationship with Cheyenne. And <laughs> that doesn't cut it in marriage. That doesn't cut it in a, you know, relationship with my wife. Uh, Jordan, I'd like to talk with you about something. Oh, man. 
I've got so much going on today. I don't know that that's going to work. Um, I'm hoping when my schedule loosens up, when, when our schedule isn't so hectic, babe, I, I'll, I'll sit and talk with you for a second, but I don't know that I've got it in me today. That doesn't work with her. Why in the world would we treat the one true God like that? And this is... Th- this is the thing with these, with these simple concepts, these simple disciplines of listening to Jesus through his word and going to God in prayer, that they're obvious, but they're not easy. They're disciplines for a reason. They take discipline to do. And so I want to talk about two different kinds of prayer, and then I'm going to move on from this pretty quickly. The first kind of prayer that we need to engage in regularly as believers, if we want to walk in relationship with God, is we need to, we need to pray um, with intentional times of prayer. That's all we'll call it. Just, I'll call it intentional prayer times. Here's what I mean about intentional times of prayer. You and Jesus and nobody else. You and Jesus and nothing else. You and Jesus and no other noise. This is you breaking away and saying, I am going to, and here's what's hard about this. This takes time. This takes a intentional moment of your day. One of the things we do in our internship is for six months, I encourage all of our interns, interns we call it uh, time and place. What is the time and place every day that is devoted to God? And you pick it and it can be at any time, but it's his. We don't move it. We don't give it to something else. This is his time. And so that's the devoted prayer time. And, and during this time, I want to encourage you. I'm not even going to talk much about this because Travis actually spoke a message on how to pray a couple weeks back. And it, I can't really add, it is really good. So go back and listen to our message, how to pray. So for your devoted prayer times, take some time and just get with God and cast your cares upon him and, and, and talk with him. Ask him what he's wanting to do in your life and through your life. Have some moments alone, no other noise, no other distractions, just you and him. The second type of prayer that is important, and Thessalonians says this, it says, pray without ceasing. I just call this keep your phone on. The shy says this to me all the time. She'll say, hey, make sure your phone's not dead. Keep your phone on because I'm going to have to get a hold of you. And this is this idea of praying without ceasing. It's that understanding and being open to the fact that maybe I don't have to turn the conversation off with God. Maybe I can allow him into and walk beside him in, in every moment of the day no matter what's happening. It doesn't mean that you're walking around mumbling prayers constantly. It just means that you're, you're intentionally saying, my phone's on and he can speak to me now if he wants and I can speak to him if I need to and I want to. My grandpa was telling a story a couple of years ago and it really encouraged me in this area of my life. He, he wasn't even saying it as like a super spiritual story. He was just talking about his day and he said, yeah, I was up on my roof and I was putting some shingles in and I got a text from brother so-and-so. He calls people brother. Um, uh, he, he's, he's a old school Christian guy, but he said, brother so-and-so texts me. And when he texts me, he asked if I could mentor him during this period of his life. And as I was doing the roof, um, I just asked the Lord if that would be okay. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, it'd be okay. And so I texted him back. Yes. And I remember hearing him say that 
so nonchalant. It wasn't like a, whoa, this happened. I had this moment where the, it was, it was un, out of the normal for him to stop what he was doing just for a minute and say, oh, before I answer that, let me, let me consult with the Lord on this. He got his answer and he moved forward. It wasn't weird. It wasn't crazy. He wasn't patting himself on the back like this was some above and beyond thing he did. He was walking with his friend. And this is praying without ceasing. Jesus wants to be in relationship with you. I don't consider it out of the normal when I'm going through my plan for the day or what's happening. And I say, oh, I need to, let me check with Shy real quick on that. Or I'm having a hard day and I text Shy and say, hey, babe, can you just be praying for me today? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in a funk today. That's not, that's a relationship. That's what it is. And I think part of the time we feel a wall because we're treating our walk with God as something else than a relationship. It's just a relationship. It's a really good relationship. We have someone, we, 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 uh, we outpunted our coverage on the other end of our relationship. He's so much better uh, than, than we deserve him to be. He's always there. And if we just keep our phone on, just keep your phone on and be willing to invite him into your decisions, invite him into every moment. So we need to listen to God. We need to listen to Jesus. What does he care about? What, what are the things that, that he informs us to do in his word um, to live for him? And then also we need to talk. The last thing, I'm going to move quick on this. I drank a bunch of coffee today trying to talk faster. I normally go long, but I, 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 it didn't work. So I'm sorry. Um, last thing we need to do is we need to live like we're in relationship with him. This sometimes is the biggest, I call the wall culprit. When I married Cheyenne, we dated for a while. We dated for about a year and then we got married. When I got married to Shy, it had implications on my life. Certain things had to change. One of the things that I liked to do was I liked to have buddies at my house till three in the morning playing video games every night. That didn't continue. <laughs> That wasn't something that Jordan could keep doing in his marriage relationship. And it wasn't because Shy was some tyrant. It was because she didn't want weirdos in her house until three in the morning when she's like getting ready for bed and stuff. So because I'm in relationship with her and my covenant was with her and not with video game guy, I said, I'm going to put her way and her desire above this. I also didn't bring ex-girlfriends into the relationship. Shy never came into the house and I was sitting there and I'm saying, oh, hey, she's a part of this too because this was a part of my, an important part of my life a while back. And I didn't do that. Why? Because my covenant is with her. And there were some things that I had to lay down in going into relationship with Shy that were wrong things. I had to become a better man to walk in relationship with her because she was saying, I, I'm not going to have that. So you can come in and be a part of walking with me, but you, you, we're going to have to work on that. But there's also some things that weren't bad things. They were just life decisions I had made that I had to shift in order to, to walk in relationship and be married to Shai. And she did the same thing. She's changed so many random things throughout the years. We, because of our covenant, because it's important, 
Everything else is subject to change other than this. When we enter a relationship with Jesus, yes, we need to listen to what he says. We need to talk and communicate with him. But in response to that relationship, we need to be willing to live our lives in response to that relationship. Sometimes the wall is you're not listening to God. Sometimes the wall is you're not walking in relationship constantly through praying and, and, and being intentional in times with Jesus through his word and prayer. Sometimes I've also heard, though, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying, I'm doing everything I need to do that I know to do. Maybe there's a sin issue going on. Maybe you're living outside of covenant. Maybe, maybe there's some things that you're holding on to that you're bringing into it that God's saying, I can't walk with that. Now, I, I, I want to help you change that. I want to empower you to move past that. But I can't, if you're going to cling to that so confidently, we, we can't walk together. Maybe some of the things, they're not sin issues. Maybe they're just good things that you have prioritized over your relationship. There have been seasons in me and Cheyenne's marriage where there has been things that I have prioritized over our relationship. Sometimes my work in ministry, there's been times where I've prioritized a person in like a, a friendship that I have. And she, she'll talk to me and say, you are putting that above me, whether you think you are or not. This is not, we, we got to work this out. This is the relationship, me and you, everything else comes second. And is there something you're prioritizing over him, over walking with him? Here's the deal. It's a relationship. And so I'll ask this question again. Can we put John 17, three up? This is Jesus's prayer for you. Not that you just simply believe that there is a God and there was a Jesus. He wants you to know the only true God. He wants you to know him. That means walking in relationship with him. Here's what I believe. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up with this band. You guys can come up. When I look at the Bible, I believe that Jesus is the epicenter of scripture. That when you look at the old Testament and everything that happened, it was a series of events of God shifting things and moving things to bring about Christ. It was all pointing towards him. All, all Old Testament theology and knowledge and everything that we could learn really is there. And, and it points us to Jesus. But then the New Testament in the Bible, all of it is there. It flows out of Jesus. It's because Jesus happened that the New Testament happened, that this amazing thing called the church was developed and brought forth and all these amazing things happened and people came to Jesus. It was all there flowed out of him to point back to him. Jesus is the epicenter of scripture. All before him was in waiting for him to happen and all after him was in response. I believe personally, because I believe the Bible, I believe Jesus is the epicenter of history. If God was at the beginning and he's going to be at the end and everything in the middle is temporary, then where the eternal God enters the temporary, that's probably the most important thing that could happen in our history. Jesus, everything before Jesus was just the world waiting for Jesus to happen. And so many things have happened in response to him. 
And because I believe that, I believe Jesus is the epicenter of my life. That my life for the 19 years before I knew Christ was just Jordan waiting for Jesus to happen. All my ups, all my downs, all the spiritual nudges I had throughout my life, all the, the, the heartache. It was me in waiting for Jesus. And I know this for a fact that my life after has been Jordan in response to Jesus. So here's my question to you. Has Jesus happened? Has Jesus happened to you? And I'm not asking if you've been coming to church or not, or if you've, if you know a lot about the Bible or not, or if you've had spiritual experiences or not, I'm asking, do you know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent? Has Jesus happened to you? Because I believe if he's the epicenter of mine, he's the epicenter of your life too. And maybe everything you've gone through up until this point has been you in waiting for Jesus. And maybe everything after him will be in response. And what could your life look like if he got a hold of it and you begin to walk in relationship with him? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to wrap up. Deb's going to come and talk in a moment. But after our time together today, we're going to have prayer people in the back. I'll be in the back. If you want to make that call and make that decision, if you feel like this is my time to start following Jesus and start walking in relationship with him because I want to have eternal life. I want to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. We want to help kickstart that process for you and, and, and point you in the direction and give you some information. How do you start a relationship with Jesus? And how do you maintain a healthy walking relationship with God? We want to do that. So, Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.